Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One player of a slide tackle, one player of a push, a keeper trying to slide out and grab the ball. None of them could stop him as he continued burrowing his way down the right wing. Yeah, it was amazing as well because they were trying to foul him. They weren't even trying to stop him legally. They weren't playing football anymore. They were rugby tackling him. They were grabbing him. They just couldn't stop him. It must have been so demoralizing. This is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. Four goals, only needed two of them in the end. Villa Park absolutely fucking bouncing. Players improving, young boys coming through, squad rotation, healthy squad rotation. Three wins out of four. It's just another game day for Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. I don't know what else to expect, really. Like, what, what, what? What did you think was going to happen? Villa go out, they dominate a team, they take the points, and we all piss off back home. There's nothing else to talk about. Let's just end the podcast there. <laughs> but Liam, I do want to just address... Uh, if it's not an elephant in the room, it's a monkey on our back. And they say the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. Well, I'd say the only thing worse than not being talked about is having people talk about things that you've said in the past that you've probably forgotten or you hope to be forgotten. And I tell you what, Declan Glynn on Twitter is like a dog of a bone, straight straight into us after the podcast. Uh, looking forward to the backtracking on the Villa podcast about Nakamba, marvelous <laughs> Nakamba, our man in the middle. And then he follows up, he follows up a couple hours later. Where's the podcast, lads? Liamu not able to face giving Nakamba the praise. <laughs> oh, you, you thought that was you thought that was it. Fifty three minutes ago, Declan Glenn has followed up again. Fuck's sake, lads, sorted out. Nakamba is waiting. <laughs> and what I say to you, Liam, is that marvelous Nakamba is waiting. Take it away. Yeah, people seem to be getting very cocky, thinking they were proved. They've been proved right about Nakamba. They're not. They are now currently right about Nakamba. Nakamba is good, but they were wrong up until four games ago. <laughs> you haven't been proved right. You've just you were wrong, and now you happen to be right because you've stuck stubbornly to your incorrect original thought. Nakamba is absolutely brilliant now. But let's not forget as well in the first three minutes of that game, he let Daka run in behind after Young under hit a back pass to Mings on, on three minutes, and he just let. Daka runs straight past his face and didn't react. That was the classic old Nakamba. But then he immediately was class, straight out of the traps, blocked a shot from Madison in eight minutes, and then he was just dominating the game after, along with John McGinn. And Nakamba has been absolutely brilliant since Steven Gerrard took over. But he was not brilliant when other people were claiming he was brilliant. <laughs> including Deck Glynn. <laughs> I must find the old tapes from last season as well. Uh, find them, find them, find no. the tapes of me slagging them off, and find the tapes of Nakamba being shit. 
No, I'm 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 thinking of that deja vu case here, and the quote from you. Every time I said my target was shite, my target was shite. <laughs> but here we go. We just look at the evidence. The evidence changes. We change. Exactly. And if it was the old me, I would point out that that Ashley Young back pass that was short only started because Nakamba fucking rifled them a ball on the sideline. While Young is on the touchline, Nakamba drills one out to him. The Young has to control. Probably should have just let it go out of play in hindsight. By the time he got it under control, he was under pressure. He tried to throw it back. Look, look, I, I am not going to start praising Nakamba by picking out the two things he did wrong in the whole game. Marvelous, <laughs> Marvelous Nakamba was brilliant. He is class. I said before, I said again, this is now four times in a row, I can get on board with this Marvelous Nakamba. He's just he, he's like the T one thousand Terminator in Terminator Two. He, like he doesn't stop. Like he just just coming into somebody, you can shoot him and he'll keep coming. And he just he just runs in when when other people come up and they they get their tackling stunts and they start shadowing people. Nakamba just runs into them and takes the ball off them. He makes it look so easy. Yeah, yeah, like he has been. He's been absolutely brilliant. And the first the first part of that game, Villa were looking a bit shaky, and I was delighted that Nakamba was there. And that is. The four, fourth time I've said that in my life. <laughs> uh, well, let's go through the goals. 2-1 win at home to Leicester. Leicester take the lead, which is very heartening. Very, very heartening. Like, you know, we're going 1-0 down now and we are not freaking out. That's twice in a row. Um, and we get a response from the team. We don't just fold. Like, so we all like the, the Steven Gerrard sort of... Uh, the press, the way we're, we're we're moving together as one as one unit, but in this case, it really showed how it can be undone if you lose the ball. Um, the midfield and the fullbacks were just pushed right up. They they weren't there. Um, we're talking about Nakamba being important for that first half. He wasn't there. He was right up as well. So was McGinn. And um, you know, by the time he retreats, Daka gets a bit of fortune. They're, like Nakamba actually gets back to recover, and it, it gets away from from the two of them, and then. Balls to Barnes, who makes finishing look very easy. Sort of like that Bertrand Terori finish against West Brom. It's like, why don't people just do this all the time? The net <laughs> is fucking massive. Yeah, I, such a shit goal. I mean, Cash and Nakamba both win the ball from Daka, and the jammy bastard just pops up with the ball. It's yeah. like he loses the ball twice and still manages to get his pass away. Unbelievably lucky. Then it's just, it's not good enough from Konza the weeder. Like, Konza has to get tighter there. And there's no point in being as brilliant at one-on-one defending, being so nimble, strong and fast, if you're not just going to close down Harvey Barnes. And Harvey Barnes does brilliantly to slaughter through his legs, but Konza can get a lot tighter there than he should have. 1-1, Douglas Louise free kicks. We're getting used to these Douglas Louise free kicks now, and they are a thing of absolute beauty. Deep ball in, it's headed clear, and our boy Marvellous Nakamba is putting them under pressure. He's just flung himself across the box and making a really bad headed clearance because they're under pressure. Cash with a great header back in. Emmy Buendia with a brilliant finish with his head until uh, until Eze Conza <laughs> stole it off him. And like, honestly, God, Leicester should be docked points for appealing that offside. Like, Talk about not even being in the vicinity of offside. There's, it's not even a case of daylight. There's just yards between between Konza and two Leicester players. It's just, it's just like the fact that that's up for debate. Leicester should now lose something or forfeit something because of it. <laughs> well, the guy at the back post is so fucking brain dead for being so deep that the, the Leicester players just couldn't have expected that it was true that he was there. But yeah, you're right. The free kick's absolutely brilliant. The power and the trajectory on it. I actually think Evans does does well to get something on it but like it's not it's not a good it's not a good header and then cash yes maddie fucking absolutely brilliant decision making brilliant decision making he knows he can't get any power on the header and we have seen hundreds of morons just loop one under the keeper's hands from that <laughs> from that area pathetic attempted header and then it's brilliant from buendia and it's absolutely deadly from Kanza. he doesn't miss from there well <laughs> He actually does regularly. <laughs> and do you know what? If Esri Kanza was dejected after that last-minute winner he thought he scored against Watford that time, the absolute screamer that we all thought he got until Big Tyrone Mings' back got in the way and helped it on its way into the top corner and Kanza fell to the ground in the post-match interview when he learned that the goal wasn't his, 
And do you remember, like, geez, it's such a long time since then. Do you remember, Liam, that I didn't like that about Ezra Konza? I thought, <laughs> I thought that that said a, a bit about his character that I didn't like. And Jesus, here, here I am again, once more, wrong, happy to take it all back. Ezra Konza's character can never be questioned. But um, if he was unlucky to not get that goal, by God, he finally had his dues repaid and then some by stealing that off Per Buendia. No, Colin, you were right back then. Kanza's character was a <laughs> question. <laughs> we have to be consistent with us, and we're going to find out. Uh, yeah, no, like he didn't even—he didn't even seem to care. He wasn't didn't seem particularly happy that he scored the two goals. It was just all part of the win, and that just shows the development of the man as well. Two one, John McGinn, Ezra Kanza. What more do you want to know? Like that's 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 the combination. That's it, John. Like, and you know what? We spend so much time complaining about Villa trying, trying that front post corner that they got success out of one time with big Courtney Howes in the team, that um, this time they just overtook everything. They went right over the top, all the way to the back post, and there's Ezra Conza with a free header. It's a lovely finish. Gets it low, gets it hard, gets it accurate, and gets it into the fucking net. Yeah, and Martin Tyler barely got his sentence out. Sometimes a corner against Leicester is worth a goal before the ball was actually in. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. It's so simple, and it was on all game. Just swing it into the back post, and we were doing it over and over again from set pieces and from play. Konza and Ming standing at the back post. I have a suspicion about where this corner is going, lads. Like Whatever about Zonal Markin. A bit of in-game management. Like I think Johnny Evans has to react there and adjust the zones, even just move the zones a yard to the right. Konza and Mings are at the back post. Yeah. The corner is going to the back post. Leicester are a bit brain dead when it comes to that. There was um one stage, I think there was a corner the other side, and Matt Cash. Uh, Matt Cash like was walking down the right wing. The corner was on Villa's left wing, and Cash was sort of walking down the side of the box at the other side of the pitch. And I don't know if it was Harvey Barnes, maybe saw him and started freaking out and just pulled himself out of the box to keep an eye on Matt Cash, who was basically on the other corner, ready to take a corner at the other side. (laughs) You're like, that's exactly, you know, if you talked about this beforehand, everybody would be like, ah, that's not really going to come off, is it? And yet there was a player just pulled out of position, more space created. Villa didn't score from it, but it just showed you how easily those guys can be moved around. And they're obviously absolutely shitting themselves as well because they have been moved around so easily and conceded so many recently. But, like, yeah, whenever it's cons and mings, then do move. This is the time to move. <laughs> Matty Cash standing next to the fucking ball boy isn't the time to worry. <laughs> well, let's go through. That's the two goals that Villa got to win the game. All they needed in the end. And they, geez, like once again, they ramped it up. They were 2-1 up and, and they got better and stronger and they looked more deadly. Geez, they should have put that game out of sight. And once again, though, it wasn't really a case of thinking, oh, we're going to get caught here. We were just solid. Like we, we were good. There was one chance we'll talk about later that Big Emmy Martin has gotten away of. But we, we were by far the better team. And never felt like, oh God, we're going to regret this. And we had two disallowed goals in the bargain. Another Douglas Louise cross, this time on the left foot. Cash with another brilliant header back. And like, you know, Peter Schmeichel, or Peter Schmeichel, Jesus Christ. Casper Schmeichel is reaching for it. Now, the rule that we've all heard since then is that the keeper is in control if both hands or one hand on a surface are touching the ball, like in control of the ball. The key there are the words, a keeper is in control of the ball, not stretching a wee finger at it, just trying to get anything on it. Like, Casper Schmeichel did get a hand on it. There was a surface under there. Uh, like, what, what are we talking? A millisecond? Not even. And he's not even in full control of it, and the ball is just, like, it's, it's, it's kicked in before he even knows what's happening. And, of course, then he has the absolute affront to to pretend like he's injured and roll around, take his glove off to see if there's everything okay about it. And then Michael Oliver watches a replay for for about three seconds, and that's enough for him. Yeah, I mean, like the, yeah, the first thing to say, it is another really good ball from Dougie on his left foot, and it's brilliant from Cash to win it. And Ramsey coming off the back post there, it's just brilliant anticipation and nice to shuffle across the six-yard box. And then Peter Smeichel's son just makes a mess of a fairly <laughs> easy situation. And he had as much control of that football as 
John Terry has of his libido when Wayne Bridges in an away game. <laughs> it was a twelfth of a second, is what Sky told us. Like that's eight point three percent of a second. Eight point three percent. I mean, try to tap your hand on the desk six times in a second, and each one of those taps is about as long as Peter Michael's son had his hand on top of the ball. Like, literally less than the blink of an eye. And then Paul Merson, with the kindest piece of analysis I've ever heard, in assuming that Smeichel knows the rules, that he was just reaching out like a rugby player to put some downward pressure on it. Peter Smeichel's son went on live TV <laughs> and said he wanted it disallowed because Ramsey did an owie and hurted his thumb. Like, fucking hell. Did he know the rule? He's a fucking brain-dead twat. He said it's an obvious foul. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just classic from him then coming out and, and uh, doubling down. Like, doing it after defeat as well. Like, you know, like, the goal didn't even count. It didn't matter. Villa got two other goals. Um, and it was. It was the whole taking the glove off. It was him saying afterwards that his thumb is numb. And then saying, well, it doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter. I deal with this stuff all the time. Like, <laughs> you know. You want to deal with it, get the ball before Matt Pratt heads it back across. You want to deal with it, react quicker, get control of the ball. And yet again, people can give us the black and white rules. It says in black and white, the keeper is in control of a ball. Like that's all we need to know. That's all Michael Oliver should have been looking for. But he freaked himself out, probably because he was under a bit of pressure from VAR. And he didn't think whether or not he was under control. He would uh, look. The, goal, the goalkeepers considered to be in control of the ball as the rule when his hand is touching it and the and the ball is between his hand and the ground. So like he, I, he is in control of the ball by that definition. But the definition is shite. The application of the rule is bonkers, and people are getting caught up with this. The accept clause, like the accept clause, is clarifying that if if a goalkeeper parries a shot, they're allowed to touch the ball again with his hand because. The immediately preceding clause is talking about a goalkeeper can't touch the ball with their hand after they've released it. And that accept clause is just saying that saving a shot isn't releasing the ball from your control. Whether or not we want to, it's all, it's going back to this big game of virtual game of gotcha, as you called it before. I mean, a twelfth of a second, there has to be a line somewhere, but I think it's bonkers that that's, that that's being rolled out and under no definition. Does Peter Smeichel's son have control of the baller? <laughs> Second disallowed goal, Ollie Watkins. Um, <laughs> Johnny Evans was tied up in nuts by this lad the whole game. Didn't know whether to get tight to him. When he backed off him, it was worse. <laughs> so I really felt sympathy for him. Like one time he backed off him and uh, Watkins just turned and went straight for him. It was frightening. That's the time... Um, We'll talk about it in the Rossenthal Award, but he'd give a lovely pass to McGinn. And then just the movement to get across both defenders and in behind. And McGinn played a nice pass in, and Peter Schmeichelsson made a good save. But uh, this time, ball over the top. <laughs> Johnny Evans and Watkins are tussling with each other. Evans knows he's fucked, and he dives. He goes down. Watkins takes a bad touch, actually, initially. He should have been straight through. Mm-hmm. So Soyuncu gets back. Doesn't really matter. Watkins just takes it to his... <laughs> just takes it to the right pass and buries it in the bottom left and then we get called back for for the dive that Evans committed but like what? Michael Oliver was so keen to blow his whistle there why did he blow his whistle so early Watkins has got the ball he's got Soyuncu so he's, he's through on goal essentially yep. based on who he was playing yesterday Watkins just let him put the ball in the net then look at it exactly. this is what you're supposed to be doing why was he so desperate to stop that was it because he knew it was going to be a goal? You've already disallowed a fucking perfectly good goal in the first half. Let's see what happens with this one, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> disallowed a perfectly good goal and then looked for another perfectly looked look for someone and another perfectly good goal that just sort of ruined the celebrations as well. And then this one, yeah, like it was going to be over five seconds later anyway. Let the let the move finish and then go look and you'll see clear as day that Johnny Evans should be given a yellow card. Yeah, like what? Like what's going to happen here is that Sorensen's is going to win the ball, so you don't have to give the free kick, or Watkins is going to have a shot. Like so, just let the shot happen. It's grand. All right, we'll get into WhatsApp winges. All right, first WhatsApp winge. Ugh, just put Martin Tyler down. 
he brought the worst piece of commentary I've ever heard, to be honest. Um, he quoted this. This is when Matt Cash connects with the back of Harvey Barnes's boot, and Barnes obviously doesn't notice. Like it, it's so insignificant. It, it's it's not a thing. And Martin Tyler says, if he had gone down there, he would have got a penalty. You know, we've heard this before, right? And he kept kept bringing it back, kept focusing on it, and then he actually got a bit cantankerous about it when the co-commentator was sort of been like, ah, you know, it doesn't seem to affect him, there's not much in it. And he said, well, you know, that's that's right there where he could have gone down when we were watching back the slow motion replay, like, like you know, like the Jamie Carragher, there, there, <laughs> there it is, that was his opportunity. And then he says, I've seen the given, and then he says, you know, uh, you know pl- players know if they don't go down, they won't get them. We, we shouldn't get into this sort of thing, but like you know, it is marginal, and like now, like you know, players will probably start going down a bit more. It's not a foul, so this is not a relevant talking point. It's it's not it it doesn't apply to what you're saying here. But he's he, like for and this is the main commentator. He isn't paid to give his opinions, but for a good minute <laughs> he was focusing and arguing about Cash's boot connecting with Harvey Barnes's boot. Yeah, like you're right. I mean, what does he say? Like, hmm, look at his trailing leg. That could be enough for a penalty. If it was enough for a penalty, Harvey Barnes would have reacted. He would have known it happened. He would have been aware of Matty Cash's existence. He isn't. Do you think you're better able to tell if Harvey Barnes was foiled than Harvey Barnes is? I mean, I guess it was an absolutely scandalous piece of commentary. And you're right, it went on for so long. And that's why players go down. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? They, they don't get the penalty when they're not foiled and they should only go down if they're made to go down by the opposition. What are you promoting here? I mean, Martin Tyler's been watching football since the 50s. Like He's watched football in the era where you'd get away with a knee-high tackle if you were looking at the ball as you did it. And now he wants to join in the big virtual game of gotcha where looking at the man is enough for a penalty to be given. <laughs> Yeah, like you know, maybe maybe putting him down is a bit extreme, but you know, just just want a bit more, expect a bit more from him. Second, what's up, Winge? Ah, James Madison doesn't want it. <laughs> Do you know why I know? Do you know why? I, every week I watch this boy come out in his nineteen nineties gear. <laughs> you know, like, remember those old hockey tops? Like the length was almost going down to your knees. You're just everything's baggy about James Madison, and I feel like that that comes across then in his performance. It's just lethargic. He's got the big baggy hockey length top. His basketball shorts, or his yeah, there you go. His shorts are like basketball shorts. He's always got a pair of gloves on just to complete the perception that he's never going to run or compete for anything. I don't want to sound like one of those boys, but when you add it all together, when you add it with the socks up over the knees, like he's a rollerblader. <laughs> Like what? Like what? What's he trying to be here? Like, does he want? Does he want to get goals and get assists and, and and be a football player? Or does he want to come out wearing a hockey top, basketball shorts, and rollerblade socks? <laughs> uh, well, James Madison has never convinced me as a footballer. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Like, I've just always thought he was the definition of a purple patch player, and he's he's twenty five now. I mean, you can't be getting away with being a patchy twenty five year old if you want to be taken seriously. And he, he needs to be careful, but he is he is drifting. He's too tall for the player he wants to be as well. Like, I've got news for him on that front. Like he's taking up too much space. He's not nimble enough. Like, it, it, do you know what? I, I was actually shocked when Vardy came on, and it was like, oh, hang on, they got Daka, Vardy, and now Madison, because it just feels like you're carrying Madison. I don't know what he offers, apart from a few nice touches sometimes in the number 10 position, but I don't think he's offering enough. To be just putting up with that, like he has a nice shot with his left foot, and then like we're going to talk about this for the next two weeks, and we're <laughs> going to see replays of it for the next three weeks, and and see him, you know, hold his face and how close it was, hold his face with his gloves, by the way. But I'm not going to be that sort of person. <laughs> yeah, time to shit or get off the pot. Like you're right, he's twenty. I didn't realize he was twenty five as well. Like um. Yeah, there's a lot of players in that. Like we, we were talking about Madison and Grealish one time, like, you know, comparing them, not us, 
not us, you know, other <laughs> <all their> people. <laughs> anyway, if we did, we would now just say that the evidence has changed. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, like Madison did very, very well to stay on the pitch for as long as he did. He stayed on for a whole game, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. by the end of it, he was just tripping people because he was fucking done. He was beat. He was finished. Yeah, like tripping Kearney Chuck Wemmicka. Like, you, like th- th- there's a passing of the baton moment. Like, get out of the way. Like, there are players who are seven years younger than you with more promise, and you're just taking up space for them, don't you? And he bustled past them so easily, and the kick was so pathetic. You'd love to see those. How could you punish that more? Because that is just so blatant. That's not just a yellow card foul. That has to be. That's worse than that. There is absolute. You cannot pretend for a second you're trying to do anything else other than stop the game of football that everyone else is playing. And and you know what? I was going to say there should be a black card like they have in GA for cynical fouls, but no, I don't even want it for cynical fouls. I want a black card, a sin bin type punishment, and this player can't come back onto the pitch, but you can bring on a sub, but just for challenges like that that are so pathetic that they're asking to be put out of their misery. So it's like, oh, get off. If you're going to do that, get off. Yeah. You know, the rest of us are playing football. The adults are playing football here. Yeah, and it, like, it wasn't even that dangerous. Villa had three players. Leicester had four defenders back. And James Madison was beside Carney Chuck Wemmick. So it was a five on three in Leicester's favour. And he just decides to do that because he's lost it. Last WhatsApp winch. Leicester inspired again. Shows you it was a good day for Aston Villa. <laughs> Why the fuck can't Brendan Rodgers still not clap properly? <laughs> Fuck you, talk. Tell me you've noticed. I've been keeping an eye on this boy since Liverpool. Like, remember when we everybody noticed he got his teeth done and he got into shape, and you know, obviously the the portrait in his living room started started making people going to look for these things about his about his ego or his uh, self perception. Anyway, but ever since I've seen him go down to the cop, and he, he holds one, he holds his left hand stationary. His little arms are always bent, just at a perfect angle. And he is smacking his right hand off his left hand, little tiny taps like like Peter Schmeichel's son tap on the ball. <laughs> you know, he's just, you know, just just back and forth. And I can tell, I know, and it doesn't look cool, by the way. But I know that Brendan Rodgers has spent time in front of a mirror trying to figure out the best way to look like a cool manager. One of these young, this was around the time that AVB was coming in, and we were talking about these, we were getting excited about these young boys coming through, and Rodgers was so desperate to be seen that way as well, that this clap came out and, you know, followed him to Celtic and now it's there at Leicester. And, you know, <laughs> and it's one thing when he's clapping to the crowd, knowing the camera's on him, but when he's doing it to try and G up his team, he looks like an idiot. <laughs> as, a, as annoying as I, I'm sure you find that a clap, it must be the least annoying thing about the man. I mean, I just can't tolerate him. Like, from making a virtue of speaking to another human, the apparent virtue being that he talks to humans, even those that are paid less than him. (laughs) How he speaks, his turn of phrase, how he looks for a new way to say things that are already common parlance. I mean, he called his game plan yesterday his match idea. Like, fuck off. (laughs) His incessant management speak, his overuse of his interviewer's name. Like, he must have used Laura's name about six times in a one-minute interview. Yesterday, he can uh, yeah. piss off. Yeah, like everything about him is, is trying too hard. Like this is the thing about cool people. Cool people don't need to try to be cool. <laughs> when you try to be cool, you are immediately uncool, no matter how much you think you have it down. And you will always know that as well. And that's what will always bring it through in the end. Um, you know, Stephen Gerrard's not standing in front of a mirror thinking about how to clap. <laughs> <laughs> Even Gerrard's not getting his teeth done because he's getting more and more famous as a manager. Like, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's harsh to pull that up. But when you add it all together, when you add it all together, it amounts to something. And Steven Gerrard, I am sure, can clap properly. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. We're going to get into handing out some awards after this. I, I burst onto the scene, didn't I? And I was gonna be the next best thing. Oh, who who was it? It said there was an interview somebody recently, and 
they said that he's always positive. It was Mika Richards. Hold on, I played for England at 18. Youngest ever defender to play for England. It was Mika Richards. He was talking on Sky Sports and he said he's always positive. Sometimes you wish he wasn't as positive. Like he almost he said he was too nice. Right. What do you think, lad? I think Mika Richards should shut the fuck up. <laughs> what the fuck has Mika Richards ever done for Aston Villa? <laughs> Dean, Dean Smith got Aston Villa promoted from 14th in the championship. Mika Richards was just there collecting 40 grand a week while that was all happening. <laughs> oh, he's just brilliant. He's just top. What a guy to work with you are, honestly. Okay, a few bits of admin to sort out first. Finn asks us on Twitter, how many weeks wages is Matt Cash being fined this week? <laughs> Fucking hell. It's always, it's always the right-hand side as well. It's never Target, in fairness to him. It's never actually him. Um... The answer, do you know what, actually, looking back at the game, it's not as bad as you think, it just all happened at once, so, yeah, he's definitely fine one week wage, it's just balloons, like, and it was worse, actually, it's all compounded, because there were all big chances, he just balloons one out of play for a goal kick, so he's getting fined a week's wages for that, fullbacks cannot do that, sort your crossing out. Um, there's another one that can be disputed, I, I assume he might appeal, it goes out for a throw-in at the other side of the pitch. Ah, that has to be added in. That's definitely as bad. Exactly, because that was, I think it was four on three. And, you know, he just had to pick a pass to the free player for a goal. And he hits it out for a throw-in at the other side of the pitch. Yeah, like it's it's terrible stuff from Matty Cash. And that football was absolutely lovely as well through the middle. And it's a perfectly weighted pass from Ramsey. And then Cash just atrociously weighted across. Like he could have shot. He could have dinked it. To the front post, he could have rolled it into Watkins. He could have done anything else yeah. other than that. And this is just a case of you're learning as you go on. And you had, you had the way you had the rule was that it had to go for goal kick. But now you realise that this is just as bad as that. Then it has to be added in. You have to add in the clause that if the cross goes out for throwing, you find the week's wages. Change the rules in season. That that okay with you? <laughs> If it's good enough for the Premier League, Conor, it's good enough for us. <laughs> okay, two weeks wages from Matt Cash so far. Only one more, to be honest. Like, one, see, yet again, you're right. Like There was so much good football like that that ended up with Matt Cash. Cash had a good game. We'll go through some of the, the chances that he's involved in <laughs> after this. But, you know, like the ball kept coming to him in space. And then, like yeah, he wasn't scoring a goal or setting up a goal. So it, it definitely seemed like way more. Only one more that went out of play for a goal kick, but I do not think it qualifies. Here we go again. We're changing the rules, but Emmy Buendia gave it to him, and he tried to give it back to him, but it, it was aiming in that direction. It was a zipped diagonal ball in front of Emmy Buendia who couldn't reach it, and it, it goes on out for a, for a goal kick. Am I, am I being too kind? I don't think I am. I think the spirit of this is somebody who's trying an in-swinging cross, and they can't keep it within the confines of the pitch. They, they can't swing it essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that one that one definitely doesn't deserve it. It's just the two weeks' wages. Just the two weeks' wages for Matt Cash. Unlucky son. Um, the Ronnie Rosenthal Award <laughs> starts with a Leicester player. Dewsbury Hall must have a horn on the crown of his head. Ball comes into him. He ducks. He, he did like what Matt Target did when the ball was coming towards him against Man City. He ducks to try and get out of the way. It hits. Of what I can only imagine is a horn on the crown of his head, and it goes up, 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 and away, and out of play harmlessly over the bar. And then, from an Aston Villa point of view, Matt Cash, <laughs> he's going to feature a lot here. But um, this is the second time Ramsey puts him through, and he takes his time, and it's just a tame shot. Like it's just not a good enough shot. He takes a touch and everything. Like I don't know if he, I don't know if he needed to take a shot. But it didn't close his angle that much. I'm surprised it didn't get blocked. And he still just rolls it into Schmeichel anyway. Ah, yeah, it was terrible. It was the, the touch was absolutely pointless. It is, again, lovely football. It was very, very similar to the cross we just described there. And it finishes off with Ramsey rolling it out to him. And the touch is just so pointless. Just put it across the goalkeeper. And then the shot is terrible. I think it does close down his angle a little bit. He has to run around the ball a little bit. But it's, it's just shite. Just put the ball in the net. Matt Cash, next nomination. 
from uh, Ashley Youngcross. Nice Ashley Youngcross. That's how the dude gets it all the way over the fence and finds a player. And Cash tries to control it with his testicles. It, <laughs> <laughs> it gets away from him uh, just a little bit. So he's reaching and it gets blocked in because it's just... I like it. The, the time like, with all those people in the box, he can't afford to have a bad touch. Uh, it gets away from him. And then I'm just going to add in Add in Ollie Watkins then choosing to not pass to Matt Cash, who has the balls to complain to Ollie Watkins for not passing it to him. I don't really remember this. Watkins mm-hmm. coming across the box. Cash is free on the right again. But I loved afterwards, Watkins was on the ground after a shot and he was screaming, no way, no way. <laughs> Matt Cash. <laughs> Ah, yeah, like, and it's the, the lead up to that. It's absolutely brilliant little piece of interchange from Watkins and Ramsey again, actually. And never mind that passionate the cash, given how he was playing, it was really understandable. But when he come, why does he play it coming back across his body towards the defender and towards Michael? If he just yeah. rolls it the way he's running, it's a goal. It was so simple. The whole net had opened up. Matty Cash is there. Beside him, he just he knew him to the angle of shot that was so simple, and he fucked it up coming back across into the bodies. Yeah, I mentioned the other Watkins chance, Watkins to McGinn back to Watkins, lovely pass from McGinn, and uh, yeah, Peter Schmeichel's song gets out quickly enough, and then oh, Watkins to McGinn, and this time again, another lovely thread of pass through to Jacob Ramsey, bobbles up for him. And he doesn't do what John McGinn did. John McGinn probably expected it more because it was coming from El Ghazi. You know, it's fair <laughs> enough that Jacob Ramsey wasn't expecting the bubble coming from McGinn. And I just slices underneath it and it just uh, floats over the bar. It must have felt terrible to connect with a ball like that. Yeah, and Buendia gets really lucky after needlessly slowing the ball down and waiting to be surrounded by three men. And then the flick around the corner to Watkins was so on so early for Buendia there. But then it's brilliant from Watkins when the ball eventually comes to him. And it's an absolutely perfect pass from McGinn and it's dreadful from Ramsey. Watkins is all their chance. He does so well and instantly turns down the pass because the ball stuck under his feet and he does enforce it again. Just really good decision-making from Villa players and it's so heartening to see it. And he eventually gets the ball out to McGinn and it's an absolutely amazing run across and behind the back four and it's unbelievably delicious pass from McGinn and Watkins just has to lift it over the goalkeeper and it's a goal. Would have been an amazing goal. And the new other nomination I have for this is Harvey Barnes' header dropping into the net. Like we've seen, we see this every week, this, this header going in, no chance for the goalkeeper. But this is the thing about Emmy Martin is like he just seems to be able to shift his body quicker than others. I think I said before that he, it is like he's plugged into the matrix and, and, and things that you know you and I think are the limitations of human movement, they don't, they, they, they don't exist in Emmy Martin's plane. And he doesn't. He doesn't think about defending his net in 2D like mere mortals. Like, it's just, he makes it look simple. He just dies backwards and gets underneath it and bats it up into the air. He's a 3D player. He doesn't have to try and block out that 2D line across his net, that wall. He can just he can just get the ball half a second later. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and he had one earlier in the year, and I talked about how often you see those going in from that same camera angle. And they're so common that even though we have Emmy Martinez, even though I know he has the footwork of a ballerina and the leap of a gymnast and the frame of a heavyweight boxer, <laughs> even though I've seen him save that exact shot, I'm so conditioned to them floating in. I was raging when I saw it come off his head. I had just resigned myself to the goal. And then by the time Martinez saves it, it looks so simple. Yeah, that's I think it's insane. It doesn't even look like a good save anymore, but it's an incredible save. <laughs> yeah, once again, he's like a victim of his own footwork because he's <laughs> exactly footwork and his agility and the way he dives around the place. Like it makes everything look so easy, but it's fucking amazing. Anybody else to pull that save off? Honestly, like. Oh, like, absolutely brilliant. I was going to say, we'd be talking about it for weeks, but like you know, we would be talking about this anyway for weeks because, yet again, I mean, Martinez proves his worth. I think the winner here just has to be combined Cash and Watkins for all the chances. That <laughs> I, I, Cash has to get it for one of his. He had so many, but in any other week he would, but Ramsey's is so glaring. 
I mean, Ramsey is in the middle of the box. And you know I love JJ Cannon, but Jesus Christ, he has to score that. What do you think of him in the number ten? Like just just a lovely, tidy player. He took a he took a big goal kick down from uh, Emmy Martinez as well. Like just just a couple of really lovely touches in there. I thought again he gassed out a bit, but before that he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, he, again, he did some lovely things. He's so neat with his passing and so aggressive with his running. It's such a beautiful combination, and I I think he was a bit unfortunate because I think he was at his best when Villa were at their worst. And he was playing on his own a bit in the first half. And he was playing the ball to cash far too often. But when he is playing in that advanced position, I wouldn't mind seeing him take a few more risks. But he's just so neat and tidy that it's not exactly what he wants to do every time he has the ball. But ah, he's, he's an absolutely brilliant player and he's going, to be, he's going to be an elite footballer. I was at my best when Villa were at their worst. That's like the Alan Hutton gravestone motto. <laughs> And we really appreciate it, Alan, by the way. I'll never forget it. Um, new award, thanks to Liam Doherty. The Emmy Martin is, is Ronaldo not hitting it? Shithousery award. <laughs> uh, i got three nominations here, actually. Um, one of them's pure physical. One of them's physical slash mental. And then one of them's just pure mental. So we'll start off. Matty Cash, just like, just his physical shithousery, like literal shithousery. I, I think, I haven't added it all up yet, but I'd say it's close to a total of 11 minutes that he spent sliding along the turf, mincing those. <laughs> yeah, and he fucking, he absolutely loves it as well. And it was a really difficult afternoon for him today because, or yesterday, because Harvey Barnes is so good. And he was really, really good in the first half. But Matty yeah. Cash absolutely loves that. I mean, there was one in the first half, apart from all his mincing, where he went sliding in to block a cross. And Harvey Barnes does brilliant to shift it onto his that left foot. That was amazing. But before he gets it on, to, it's onto his right foot, sorry, Cash is up. He's slid in to block a shot. And he's standing <laughs> blocking him again. Absolutely incredible. The only thing that was wrong with him was his final touch. But he was so aggressive going forward. And it was so important as an outlet given we were playing with two number 10s. And it's incredible how aggressively he was defending with the energy he was putting in and getting up. We've gone through it there. He was our most dangerous player, and he was also amazing in defence. Second nomination for the Shithousery Award, John McGinn. He uh, gets blown up for the foul. Pretty harsh foul. And then he slide tackles, and then he drives past you. And so you, <laughs> he just keeps going down the right. Slide tackles after he's conceded the foul. Gets the ball again, drives past the so he tries to push him over and he keeps going. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Peter Schmeichel's son can't barely see this, so he legs it out from the back because he can't stand it, he can't let it happen. And he tries to slide in and take it off. And McGinn beats him too. It's fucking amazing. Like that's the combined physical and mental shithousery nomination. Uh, the best mental bit about that was how he just then rolled the ball across the line. <laughs> just to emphasize the fact that he was just indeed taking the piss and he knew well that it wasn't he wasn't allowed to score. Doesn't even shoot at the end of it. And then the last nomination is just Mr. Ashley Young. He had a game, we mentioned it uh, about the Man City game, just the, the way he's bringing war and he gets into this state of mind and I fucking love it. Like, you know, just... Straight over to Dewsbury Hall. Stop your fucking diving. Some people might say ironic, but I say no. <laughs> this is Ashley Young putting a marker down. James Madison on Carrie Chuck Wemmicka right around him like a Barcelona player in their prime. You know, like, you know, fuck off. Don't even try that again. Calling it to the referee. And he knows at this stage, all these little minutes now that we're going to eat up is going to be so valuable. He's just an experienced pro and... Yeah, like that stuff is good for managing the game, but I think it's good for setting the tone for the rest of the boys. Absolutely. It's it's amazing. It's it's so good from old man Young. And before the game, or was it in the middle of the week, where Stephen Gerrard was saying he wants it to be a memory for them, talking about the opposition. They come to Villa Park and they know they're going to face a really tough game. And, and Ashley Young is bringing that. He's making sure that they know they're in a game physically and mentally. He's letting the opposition know that they're not here to dick around. They're not soft. And they were a bit soft under Dean Smith. They played slower. It was a different setup. But this is completely different. And Ashley Young is great to lead the change. 
I'm going to give this award to John McGinn. It was just special. Like it was, it was hilarious. It must have been so frustrating, especially when three different players, one player of a slide tackle, one player of a push, a keeper trying to slide out and grab the ball. None of them could stop him as he continued burrowing his way down the right wing and then across the end line. It was brilliant stuff. Yeah, it was amazing as well because they were trying to foul him. They weren't even trying to stop him legally. They weren't playing football anymore. They were rugby tackling him. They were grabbing him. They just couldn't stop him. It must have been so demoralising. I used to have a player who uh, would do stuff like that, you know, just run on up the pitch after the referee gave a free, just to waste time. But I used to always say, oh, "Sorry, like you know, I've got a, I've got hearing difficulty. You know, maybe not, uh, maybe not the best look." But that's what he did with referees, and so he could just pretend like he didn't hear the whistle and continue just charging up the pitch and wasting time. <laughs> the Tim Sherwood, we played two number tens and bamboozled them award first nomination. Playing two number tens, <laughs> playing two number tens and bamboozled them. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it? I was going to say like I think I think Villa are leaning into having good ball players, so. And I think this these narrow wide men are like making us more able to pass through these lines in congested areas and it's allowing cash to get forward. Yeah, definitely. Definitely true. <clears throat> but in the first half we were absolutely terrible. I mean in general, we just weren't good. Bad shape. We were ragged and we were easily picked apart. And having the five players in midfield, that definitely shouldn't be happening. And you should also be playing the ball a lot more comfortably than you are. That's the whole purpose of it. Remember, this system will not work with Matt Target either. We found that out when we tried to play Matt Target as a fullback. It's not going to work with Matt, or as a wingback. It's not going to work with him as a fullback with no winger in front of him. We were absolutely brilliant for 20 to 25 minutes on the ball in the second half. So it did work then. It was absolutely incredible. And we were compact then for the last 20 or 25 minutes of the second half. And we were really efficient on the break, and it worked. But the first half was so bad that it's hard to it's hard to like it. And Emiliano Buentia as well. I mean, he, he did a lot of nice things, but let's be clear: the nice things are not extraordinary. And if he was doing the nice things he's doing and not doing the Conte's things he's doing, it still wouldn't be enough. You'd you'd still be inclined to think, okay, there's something here to work with. Bit annoying that a record signing has hasn't hit the ground, but I'll help him run, but he's he's doing the country things and he's hit the ground crawling. I just I don't think it's worth getting him into the team for this. Too many loose passes, taking needless risks in bad positions, and passes that aren't even difficult and not pulling them off. Terrible decisions carrying the ball, not aware of his lack of strength again or yeah. his lack of speed. Imagine not knowing your own physical limitations. It's insane stuff. His attitude was definitely better, but that's coming from an abhorrent baseline. But there was a moment after slowing the ball down, which he loves, and then obviously getting blocked in and so pathetically flicking the ball away, he did a little pirouette whinge in the dugout. His manager had to drag him and throw him back onto the pitch. Imagine that. I mean, fair play to Gerrard. I would have asked Gary McAllister to kneel behind him and then push Bundy onto the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that completely. Oh, it's so I didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, well, you're shitting over the two number 10s nomination. Let's see what the next nomination has to hold. Getting Douglas Louise the fuck out of there 20 seconds after one penalty shoot. <laughs> He came straight off that pitch that Gerard was not leaving any more more Douglas Louise tackles to chance. Yeah, yeah, no, that was definitely a good shot, and Douglas Louise had to come off when he came off for a number of reasons. I'll tell you what, though, I'll segue very quickly. We'll come back to this uh, award category to the Ulick Glen Whelan taking 90th minute penalty award because they only have one nomination, and it's about Douglas Louise, and it's about him seemingly being stuck on the left sideline. Too often in games, like I, I don't know, is that just me noticing that? But he seems to be so wide, like right, like he's he's got chalk on his boots, like a classic winger. But we know he's not going down the wing. He's playing well, I think. Like well, the second half of the Man City game, and thought he was good against Leicester, but he just seems to be literally peripheral. And I would just like to bring him in a bit more and leave a bit of space for Young. 
Yeah, and he's he's creating he's creating space well when we need him to be on the wing, and he's it's definitely useful to have him there. But he's not reacting to that. Then he's not moving back into a decent position to get on the ball again. There's no second movement from him. But it, yeah, he has been. He was brilliant in the second half against Man City, and he was very good again yesterday, despite that propensity to stand on the wing. Last nomination for the Tim Sherwood. We played two number 10s and bamboozled them award, although it will take some doing to beat getting Douglas Louise out of there straight away. Um, is getting Twan on. Maybe it's obvious, but just switching to a 5-3-2. But do you know what was good about that? Is putting Ezri Kanza in the middle. Why do we not think of this all along? We were playing five at the back or three at the back for so long and Kanza was never in the middle and I felt so much better seeing him in there. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely worked as well. It completely shut the game down. Like we said, we were so compact and Emmy Martinez only had to make one save. Whenever I saw it happening, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I've seen this happen before. Trying to cling on to a result. What the fuck are we doing? But we had complete control of the game from a defensive setup and it was absolutely fine. And Konza is a much more obvious choice to play in the middle of three. The Vyman meter going up, Jacob Ramsey talked about him. Going up, Matt Cash talked about him. Going up, John McGinn, obviously. Going up, Marvis Nakamba. Most of them are going up. Going up, Tyrone Mings. Um, he might have won the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award yet again <laughs> for his lovely chested assist for Daka. <laughs> Bogging over the top and he just caresses it in the Daka's path. He was a bad shot, um, but we'll let him away from it with it because I thought he was he was tiring, commanding, strong again. Yeah, yeah, like the but the subtlety in those pectoral muscles was just incredible to bring the ball down like that. That's a really the ball's coming over your shoulder to bring it down your chest is a really difficult skill, and he just puts it on a plate that for Daka, <laughs> who has one of the worst shots I have ever seen. By the way. So grim, it was a depressing shot. Yeah, but uh, no, Tyrone Mings, Tyrone Mings is definitely going up. He was brilliant again, as he has been since the change in manager. Going up, the Holt end. Da, 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 the goalkeeper's a wanker. Da, 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 <laughs> the goalkeeper's a wanker. And like, talk about relentless and. <laughs> <laughs> and committed to taking the piss out of Peter Schmeichel's son. Like even even if his goal kicks were being headed by a Villa defender, he got ironically cheered for being shit. <laughs> oh, the commitment was absolutely magical, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. He couldn't he couldn't be involved in the game in any way without being ironically cheered. Tyrone Mings elbowed him in the face and he got ironically cheered for not <laughs> complaining for a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah anyway a good day let's do some questions we can't answer but probably will it's, it's funny I'm looking at this now and I'm like oh, do we even have the heart to talk about Josie Mourinho again there's your question we can't answer but probably will is there any <laughs> is there any point in talking about Josie Mourinho again let me read out his quote after Roma lost 3-0 to enter he refused to ask answer questions in the press conference. He said, your job is a lot easier than ours, which is why we earn a lot more than you. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't take any more questions, and he just finished off by saying, Inter are better than us, of course. You know, we've heard all this before. They're objectively a better team. This became an extremely difficult match tonight because of absentees. Heard all this before. They finished 29 points yeah, above us last season. We had three big chances, two of which came at nil-nil. Um, so one of those players is going to get uh, their life tortured now for the next three <laughs> seasons or not one and a half seasons. Toys gone. Um, yeah, like this is um, this is just a man where like I don't, I don't know where else to go with it. I don't know how lower he can go. Um, yeah, like th- that that's a bad quote as it is. But then when you think that Josie Mourinho sells himself to Paddy Power and he works in talk sport and he works for the Sun. <laughs> he is getting paid the same way those journalists are getting paid for doing the same job, believe it or not, as much as he doesn't want to believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jose Mourinho would blame his players if he was caught cheating on his wife. The, <laughs> the real funny thing about Mourinho's career now is that he should be loving it. I mean, this is where it all began. His career now has to be about overachieving with underdogs. And this is how he made his reputation. This is how he became revered. 
making players play above themselves. I mean, he wasn't running around telling the press that Porto were shit. Yeah. He was inspiring them and convincing them that they, they could be something better than the sum of their parts. He wasn't going into the 2010 Champions League semi-final saying, we can't compete against Xavi, Iniesta and Messi. <laughs> he was too busy trying to convince Samuel Eto to play as a second left-back. <laughs> it's such a perfect example to make. Like, you know, what... What would Jose Mourinho of today be like managing that Inter team right now? Uh, and I'm not taking away from the amazing job that he did there to win the treble, but Jose Mourinho would be already be out the door. He would be blue in the face telling everybody how shit they are and how they can't win and how they should have no expectation. And he'd be complaining about not getting enough money, even though Roma gave him loads of money. Um, yeah, like the, it, it, he just lost himself and... To be honest, ever since the Real Madrid job, he hasn't seemed to be the same. He he got a really good team together at Chelsea and won the league one more time, and that was it. Yeah, he went back as a hero and won the league in the second attempt after allowing Leicester to win the league the year before and bottling it and convincing it and telling everyone that Chelsea were small horses who couldn't run yet. Instead of just going and winning that fucking league, which was begging to be won. Yeah. And then after that, what did he do? Man United, he did well to win the the yeah the league cup but let's not fucking kid ourselves about that Europa League you look at the teams that he beat in that I think it was Anderlecht Saint Etienne Celta Vigo and they all outplayed them as well and then they beat an Ajax under 23 side in the final <laughs> well and he also won that by completely tanking any other hope of any other competition like you know, that the rest of that season he uh, gave up on the league and they just plummeted down and that was the only avenue through which they were going to get into the Champions League. He went all in on that Europa League, and well done, he got it. Uh, last one. Man United are never going to get away from McFred, are they? <laughs> <laughs> A new regime, and the same two in the middle, and, um, well, one of them scoring screamers, and uh, but they're still being linked to, to John McGinn. I saw somebody saying the other day, he is a Scotsman we should have. At the heart of our midfield, I'd say you do not have enough money. <laughs> John McGinn was absolutely immense yesterday. I think it was actually probably his best game for Aston Villa. He was incredible. He had everything you'd want, the aggression and the drive and then the absolute immaculate ball playing that John McGinn has far too often let himself down with in the last couple of months. I actually don't think there are that many problems of Scott McTominay and Fred playing a centre midfield and maybe like 30 of the games that Man United would play. Like they're not elite, but they're better than most and they have brilliant attitudes and they have a manager now. And this is the first manager that Scott McTominay has had in his career. So let's see how it works out for him. And we've seen the benefit of having a manager, of that manager filling the team with confidence. We've seen how brilliant Dougie and McGinn were when we were flying under Smith for the first few months of last season. Like when a team has been injected with confidence and a game plan that gets the best out of his players, instead of just Tyrone Mings playing long balls up to Watkins, his tiredest runs, we can see we saw that McGinn could play football. And we're seeing it again now in the first two games and in the last two second halves. When your players are clear in their roles, when they trust you, and when they've, you've asked them to do stuff that makes sense, they're better. And you can be guaranteed that McTominay and Fred didn't know what they were supposed to be doing, didn't trust Solskjaer, and what Solskjaer was telling them made as much sense as a knitted condom. <laughs> it does uh, show you. Like we we um, had said before about John McGinn, even when he was going badly, it was like, well, you know what? At the time, it seemed strange that there were links with Liverpool, but then it was like, actually, if he went into that Liverpool midfield, he would be mm. really good because of the the system around him. And it does, maybe it's completely obvious, but I think the last few weeks have really shown how important a structure is and how important, yeah, clear instructions for players to get the best out of them are. Uh, we've seen it with Matt Target, like the, the structure around him changes and he changes as a player in either direction. And yeah, Marvis Nakamba is the best the best example of that as well he's a completely different player and that brings us full circle to me saying this is not an apology it's not backtracking Marvel <laughs> <laughs> is now brilliant and I fucking love it keep it up big man um, sorry we're a day late on this thanks again for giving us all the shit for being a day late <laughs> thanks uh, thanks for listening really do appreciate it uh, please subscribe if you haven't already or share it on with somebody else 
uh, if you feel like it's worth it. We've got Liverpool next. That should be fun. We weren't looking forward to the Man City game, and you know what? It turned out a lot better than we thought. Maybe not for you, Liam, but for uh, me, it did, certainly. I uh, enjoyed it a bit more than you, I'd say. That's that's it. Fair enough to say. Oh, that's fair enough to say. Yeah, without a doubt, and I am absolutely terrified about <laughs> the next game. Yeah. Well, join us at the weekend. That should be a bit of fun. We'll chat to you then. All the best.